You're listening to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Today's background music is courtesy of Cadence Revolution, and you can find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host. I have a bit of an apology to make, and that is... I don't even know what number this is, but 22 or so podcasts, and we've yet to talk about music, which does tend to be the biggest thing in the room. And so I went out and found what I see is probably the expert in creating playlists for indoor cycling classes, and that's Keith Burnage, or Kiefer, as he's known on some of the forums. Kiefer runs Cadence Revolution. Now, you may have found him. He has a very popular... A series of podcasts, which are strictly music, and he, I, I just checked this morning, he's on show number 95. Kiefer, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Hi, John. It's great to be here. I, I need to tell everybody, technology kind of let us down. We're actually recording this for a, the second time. If I had just some horrible... I don't know if it's Skype noise or whatever you call it, but uh, we're doing this a little different, so hopefully this will sound well or good to my listeners. Cadence Revolution, you list as a weekly 60-minute pod-safe mix of fitness music to exercise, workout, run, bike, or spin to that will move you physically and stimulate you mentally. And you also add that it's 99% talk-free. How did you get involved, or how did you begin to create these uh, playlists? Well, I guess it goes way back when I first became a participant in spinning. Um, That was probably about six, seven years ago. And uh, as a participant and somebody who had, I have a background in doing radio and TV work and whatnot, and I'm also a big music junkie as well. And so when I started spinning, I was writing the classes and I was enjoying the music that the instructors were bringing to class stuff I hadn't heard of before. But the one thing I found is as a participant, you know, you get in that nice, comfy, almost zen-like zone when you're riding. And then six years ago, before we had iPods and MP3 players, everybody's using, you know, CDs and, uh, you know, those multi-tray systems. So all of a sudden, when the song would end, there would be this big, pregnant pause of silence and dead air as you waited for the next song to kick in. And if you've been in that nice, happy, zen place as you're riding and really into the music and really into the workout, it just broke things up. And I kept thinking to myself, there's got to be a way to, to get around this. There's got to be some way to mix music so it blends together so we don't have these issues. And then when I became an instructor, I started looking around and seeing what I could do. And I had discovered a program called Cakewalk, which was the first program I had used. And that allowed me to um, crossfade music and whatnot. I've now switched to Mixmeister because it allows you to do beat mixing, so you can actually mix your music on the beat, so you get a nice, almost, you get a very DJ-like feat feel to it. And when I started teaching, a lot of my participants, when they came in to give me feedback, because when I was I was new, I was asking for feedback. And a lot of people always came up to me and they said, I love your music. I love the fact that, you know, the music just blends together. And I can't believe we just rode for like 60 minutes. It just felt like the time flew by. And then I had people saying, because I had some eclectic music taste, saying, well, I really like that third song. I really like this song. And who was that artist? And they were asking me where they could get music. And, you know, then it's like, if I bring you in a blank CD, could you burn that class? Because I really love the music mix. 
And my wife and I got into podcasting about three years ago. We did one of those couple couples casts, and they pod faded um, just because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's after you, you can talk to your spouse all you want, but sooner or later you, you run out of things to talk about sometimes, and then you know life starts in, intervening. Um, so that sort of faded, and then I was thinking to myself when I was doing that show, well, gee, I wonder if I could, you know, do music mixing and bring it into podcasting and put it out there for people to grab instead of having to burn CDs for people or, you know, telling people where to go for music. And so I started looking around into the issues of how to do podcast music. And um, one of the issues, of course, is that when you listen to the radio, you're hearing music that's uh, copyrighted material. Uh, Radio stations, of course, have to pay for it and whatnot. And the music I use is called Pod Safe. And what Pod Safe means, it's music that the artist or their record label or their publicity people have released into the commons. And the music I'm using is what's covered under Creative Commons licensing. So it means I can use it, I can rebroadcast it. I just cannot uh, make any commercial gains. So I, you know, if I can't charge you five bucks to listen to my weekly show, um, I can't take the artist's songs and, you know, make, take their music and make my own music out of it i have to basically play it the way it is Mm -hmm. Uh, you know minor crossfading minor mixing there's no big issues with that and so i started doing that i did it very quietly and my the spinning studio teach at i mentioned it to the woman who owns the studio and she thought it was a great idea and the spinning studio i'm at we actually the point for fitness uh we actually every week the owner puts out an email to all the participants saying, you know, here's what's happening and blah, blah, blah. And then she had actually said, hey, you know, if you're looking for a mix of music to work out to, because, you know, sometimes people, uh, when they're trying to exercise, if you're in the gym or whatnot, uh, you, people either have like the radio blasting away or you bring your own iPod and you've got a bunch of songs that are chunked up. And you, I find yeah, and they, that they when don't you mix- apply or, yeah, and you're constantly refocusing. Yeah, no, I understand exactly. Yeah, so she put that out there to our people, and I've just been spreading the word, you know, on the internet through Twitter and MySpace and Facebook, and that's actually, when I originally started off, the music was good, but it wasn't great, but as I've spread the word about the show out there, I've now got um, access to copyrighted material that is still pod safe that's released by the record companies who say you can use these particular tracks off this album. I've got artists coming to me and emailing me saying, hey, you know, we've, we're a new band, we're not, we're unsigned, we're independent, would you like to play our music? Uh, I've got two publicity companies, I've got Kill Beat Music here in Canada, which covers Canadian artists. Uh, they're constantly sending me links to um, albums to go download, as well as the big one down in the States, Ariel Publicity, who's out of New York, and she's done a she is very big into promoting uh, music through the whole means of new media, through internet, through podcasting and whatnot. And those folks are really great in providing lots of music, and even they're getting the artists to do station IDs for me. So, you know, I can mix things up at the beginning of the show. So when you if you li- ever listen to the show, you hear the artist saying, hi, I'm so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And so that makes my life a whole lot easier. And it just seems to be right now, we're up to around about 2,000 downloads a week of just the music alone. And recently, about 15 shows ago, we started adding a workout routine to go with the music. It's not a spinning profile because the whole idea of Cadence Revolution, it's for anybody who's working inside. So whether you're on the, the treadmill, the elliptical, whether you're on a spin bike, whether you're you know just working out with weights and you want music to help motivate you. So we started talking about 
adding our workout routine. So we now offer a free work, weekly workout routine. This gives general parameters on um, rates of perceived exertion. It gives some description as to what we're doing in the songs or what the terrain you're on is. I, I gear it to outside just because I'm a cyclist by nature, so I can relate to that a lot more. But I'm hoping it can um, relate to people who are into running or whatnot. And as well, just recently, I've now started adding, uh, just because Iota Promenet, who provides a lot of my music for me, do allow me to put out uh, free downloads for people. So I'm putting out a free weekly download as a free featured artist. And so if people go to the website, they can get, grab the workout, they can grab the uh, free music download. Most of my people who come to, come to Cadence Revolution are downloading it through iTunes. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, email people as well, so the people who subscribe via email also get that get the email with the playlist, which has a link to the music, has a link to the workout, has a link to the featured artist. And it's just taken off from there, and it's been going really, really well for almost two years. I can't believe I'm almost at 100 shows right now. <laughs> Perfect. Well, part of the appeal is exactly what you referred to earlier, is that is the uninterrupted flow of music, which... I agree totally. Is that was one of my biggest pet peeves? You're halfway through some song, and then the instructor's like, oh, "I don't like that," and stop it. And it's extremely disruptive. And just you know, the normal if you're just playing through an MP3 player, iPod, or something, you know, just the the, the rise and fall, the stop. You know, even if you set it up as relatively gapless, it it does that. So, talk to me about Mixmeister because I know a lot of people have heard of it. Maybe it'd be helpful if you said, "Okay, here's how I typically put together this playlist." that I'm going to su- submit as a podcast. You know, kind of start from how you select music, how do you bring it together, to give us some understanding of, you know, how does the mix meister, how does it all configure things? Well, basically what I do is I usually go to my sources for music, whether it's uh, IOTA Promonet or um, there's the Podsafe Music Network. They allow me to listen to music, you know, uh, brief snippets of the songs. And I usually... You know, if the music doesn't grab me in like the first 20 seconds, I don't download it. If it grabs me, I'll download it. I'll listen to it later to see if it's going to work. So I collect all my songs. I categorize them by month because with doing the podcasts, I just categorize them. Okay, I'm now in December, so I'm working on all the December shows. And I import them into Mixmeister. And what Mixmeister does is when you import a song into it, it automatically scans the file and generates a beats per minute. So it'll say, you know... I've got, say, a song by one song I just recently fell in love with because it's very, it, re, it goes back to disco and it's very diva ish. It's by Christine W. called Never. And it's just an amazing piece of music. And so it takes that song, it'll tell me that song for Never has a BPM of, I think it's around 130 some beats per minute. And what I do then is I then sort all the songs by beats per mi- minute. And then I start um, roughly dropping songs into playlists. As to, you know, I, I do about a 10-minute warm-up section. We do 40 minutes of cardio music, and then we do 10 minutes of cool-down music. So when I'm listening to the songs, I'm saying, okay, I can categorize that as a cool-down song. I can categorize it as a workout song. I can categorize it as, as a warm-up song. And Mixmeister also allows you, um, when you right-click on a song, you can edit some of the information. So you can then put in, like, you can put in cooldown. So if I'm looking for cooldown songs, I can search. I can just type in cooldown. It'll list every song I've categorized as a cooldown song. Oh, interesting. And then I can, okay. yeah. So then you know I can say okay, and, I, and then I can go through the songs I haven't played yet and drag them into the playlist. 
and basically gives you a, a timeline. It shows you the music. You see the basic waveform of the song. And the thing with Mixmeister, as I said, you can do... I use Mixmeister Express, which is a very basic version of it. So you can do a cro- general crossfade. So that means, you know, from fading from one song to another, very, you know, without any beat mixing. It also lets you do short beat mixing and long beat mi- mixing. So the short beat is like four beats. The long beat is eight eight beats. And what it'll do is it'll say one song's at 130 beats and your next song's at 125 beats. Over whether you choose short or long, it'll gradually it'll slow down the faster song and, and it'll start the slower song speed it, a little speeded up so they they march in unison together and they just blend and, and seamlessly with each other and the nice thing about Mixmeister is that the beats per minute is not concrete you can actually go in there there's some songs I've listened to and I said well it, it's a slow song but you know I can hear this song being played a little faster and I can go in there and change the beats per minute and up it. I mean, you can up it high enough that it, you can destroy the, destroy the music that you're playing <laughs> right. with. You know, sometimes it's like curious, like how high can I bump this up or how far can I slow it down? And you can f- raise a song or lower a song because sometimes you get two, two songs and they sound when you listen to them that they're going to mix together. But the beats per minute, um, sometimes I wonder if Mixmeister might be a quirk in the software, but the beats per minute difference is really great. It could be like 150, and the next song could be like 110. But when you listen to it, you're saying, well, it sounds like they should be around the same, but they're not, according to Mixmeister. Right. So you can go in there and adjust one song down, one song up. So when you do the long beat mix, the, the change isn't that noticeable. Because I don't really like... I listen to a lot of other podcasts for, my music, for music ideas. Illumination Radio... They play a lot of remix music, and some of their mixes I find are a little harsh just because they're going from a really fast beat to a suddenly a really slow beat. And I like to make my changes more gradual. Um, I don't like them to be that dramatic. The only time I'll make it dramatic is if I'm doing a crossfade, because I like to do dramatic changes on a crossfade rather than trying to do it on a, on a beat mix. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'll build a playlist that way. I'll listen to it after I've put it all together to make sure it sounds right. I'll play with it and tweak it. And then once it's come to 60 minutes, Mixmeister, you tell it to export it to um, to your to iTunes. And then it burns it as one big file. And then in iTunes, you can go in there and you can plug in the information on, you know, the year, the album. I, I call them CAD, Cadence Revolution 2008. That's for this year. And then once that's all done, I can then load it up to my provider. And when it's time to release a show, my provider lets me... Um, you know, preload shows up in advance, so I'm always running a couple of weeks ahead. Good for you. Not like me, where I'm throwing these <laughs> well, together see, as the, fast as I can. Well, that's the beauty of being 99% talk-free, because when you, like with your show, it's kind of hard to, to do things in advance sometimes, or to do that much work in advance when you're trying to schedule interviews or talk about stuff. Oh, exactly. I can't. I'm just, and, and it's trying to get everybody scheduled and fit everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but it's fun. But when it's, it's fun. But when it's music, your music just sits on the hard drive, so I can mix it to my heart's desire. And there's like some weeks I can go and mix four or five shows, and there's some weeks when it's like I try to sit down and mix a, a show, it's just not working for me mentally. I just can't get into it. So I just wait until my uh, mental level and my energy is up, and then I 
do a whole whack of them and just work away at it that way. Perfect. So that way it's not, I, even though I do it weekly, it's not a hardship where I'm under the gun. I've got a deadline every week. I've got to have the show out. It's, I, I know I'm two, three weeks ahead of where I need to be. So if I need to take a break because, you know, I'm busy with work or spinning or, you know, it's, you know, it's around Christmas time right now. So of course we've got that all happening. So it's, it's nice to know that I've got myself a pre-built break coming up that I don't have to worry about trying to get a show out and squeeze it in amongst everything else I'm doing in life. I know listeners are going to, if somebody's going to run to get Mixmeister and, you know, you're talking about using iTunes, which I do as well to, you know, format the MP3 tags and those kind of things, or ID3 tags, is that uh, music purchased through iTunes won't just directly import into Mixmeister though, will it? Uh, no, if you buy it off of iTunes, it's in what's called the uh, MP4, P for protected format. And so Mixmeister will only accept um, Windows Media files of WMAs and the MP3 files. And I think you can also import WAV files as well. And so when I'm finished with Mixmeister, I've got it set up. So Mixmeister burns to a CD or you can export it to iTunes and it does it as if you're burning it to a cd it's done as audio files just like a regular audio cd but if you do it to itunes it does it as an mp3 file okay but going but going the other way is what i was talking about is that if, if somebody's already got music that they purchased through itunes you know what do they have to do to be able to use that music in mixmeister well if they've purchased it off of itunes what they would have to do to get around it is they would actually have to burn it to a cd and then push the CD back into the computer and tell... Now, iTunes, if you go under... I think it's under the uh, Preferences option. When it imports stuff, it it is preset to import it as the M4A format. And that's another iTunes Apple-exclusive thing. So uh, Mixmaster doesn't recognize that. But you can change it. You can tell it to import your music as MP3 stuff. So basically, if you buy something off iTunes and you want to use it in Mixmaster for a spinning class, you buy your song off of iTunes, you then burn however many songs you want onto your CD as um, as an audio file CD, and then you then re-rip that CD back to iTunes as an MP3 format, which is a really long way to go about doing it. Could you just import the CD directly into Mixmeister and skip the second step going back into iTunes? No, because Mixmeister doesn't rip CDs. It only uh, you can only import actual MP3 WMA files. Oh, okay. So they already have to be on your hard drive. They yeah. Can't go right from a CD on to, into that. Okay. A lot of new instructors I know of who have turned on the Mixmeister, and in fact, just helped one of our new instructors out this past week, and one of our older ones a few months ago, because they have iTunes and they had a whole stack of CDs they had bought, so they ripped them all with iTunes, and then when they they heard about Mixmeister and they've heard my music and how good it is and you know, how good Mixmeister is to, to make your, your spinning class music, they said, well, I, I can't use my music because the songs won't import. Well, if, you t- if you've taken a bought CD and you've ripped it into iTunes, like I said, iTunes is preset to rip music to their Apple format only. So you, they had to go back and re-rip all their CDs to MP3 format. Well, hold, let me stop you just for a minute, though, because I'm pretty sure that you can tell iTunes to go back through and convert to MP3s. I'm just looking at. Yeah, it, you're, uh, you know what? You're right. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, and yeah, just oh no, that's fine. Uh, I didn't even think of that. But 
I'm in a Windows based, and if I right click on it, and it gives me an option to convert or create MP3 version. So that, so then, so then you'd have two versions on your desktop, and I suppose you you could highlight everything, and or you could just you know create a playlist, highlight it, and say convert to MP3, couldn't you? Yes, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I know why I forgot that step is because when I bought music off of iTunes, I tried to use that and it wouldn't let me do it. So I, oh no, it won't let you do that. And so when they asked for help, my automatic thought was, oh no, you got to rip it. Oh, that's right. In Apple's iTunes stuff, you got to rip it to a CD and then rip it back. So no, you're right. right. If it's if it's stuff that you have on your own CD that's unprotected, you can yeah, you can convert it back. Oh, all those little frustrating steps. You'd, you'd think that somebody would create some software that you could just tell it do this and then it would run off and do it and you wouldn't have to go through all the preferences but uh, again it'd be nice then there would be no there'd be no need for podcasts and, <laughs> and, and 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 training videos and all that other stuff that guys like you and i enjoy making and talking about yeah but yeah it'd be nice it'd be nice if apples and pc and everybody would just get along and work together because you know there's always so many different little tweaks and twists everything that you've got to try to work around and then of course you've got to you know, then you hear other people have the same issue, and then it's like you got to go tell them, no, you got to do it this way. But um. all right, and now in iTunes, you can go back and tell iTunes, you, what do you pay an extra twenty cents a song or something, and, and then they'll go back. You can pay the extra money and go back, and then they will take all the the protection off of them and convert them all to MP3s. I think. Now, hi, iTunes Plus. Oh. And I'm going to read what it says on their site. It says, iTunes Plus gives you more freedom to enjoy your music the way you want to. Songs and music videos are encoded in our highest quality, twice the current bitrate, and without digital rights management, or DRM. There are no burn limits, and iTunes Plus music will play on all iPods, Mac, or Windows, computers, Apple TVs, and and I'm, it says many, but I'm going to say it probably means any yeah. uh, dig, digital music player. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, like I said, I thought I saw that, but it, but you have to pay extra. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the point being is that you it, it keeps that high 120 kilobyte music and you know, the encoding level, but at the same time, it takes the DRM off of it. But you, like anything, pay for the privilege. Yeah. And so essentially, it depends on what your time's worth. You can just burn your and well, plus it, this would keep all the ID three tag information. So because you know, typically when you burn a CD and then you re-import it, you've lost all the names and everything. You're going back through, you know, re-identifying. And what uh, what have you got planned for next, Kiefer? Going to keep things going the way they are right now because, as I said, you know, we've added the workout, which was a change about ten weeks ago. Doing the featured artist thing which has happened recently and so I've been retweaking the website just a little bit and I'm, I need to keep slapping myself on the hand to leave the website alone because I I get itchy sometimes if I let it sit too long and I feel like I need to go in there and fiddle with it so I'm trying to behave um, mm-hmm. one thing we like to get would be maybe a sponsor because right now I'm paying for this out of my own pocket it's it's only 20 bucks American a week a uh, month sorry which isn't a lot of money, but you know, over a year, you know, that's two hundred and forty dollars. Over two years now, you know, it's four hundred eighty bucks. It was any more than that? I think my wife would pull the plug on my computer and throw it out the window. Um, so it'd be nice if we could find some sort of sponsor who could either, you know, advertising on a website or through a plug on the podcast uh, would cover just the general costs of it. Sure. Well, there's no reason. I mean, you're providing a service. There's no reason why you're not compensated for it. 
I've had some feedback from some instructors who've said, you know, I've used show number so-and-so for a class or, you know, I grabbed these songs off of, uh, off of the show. And we do have links on the website. So, so if people want to find out more about an artist, because that's one of the things that I have to do is I have to file weekly reports with whoever provides me with the music. And I let them know, I say, hey, I use this artist, I use this song, so I have links in the show notes that uh, people can click on so they can find out more about an artist like Christine W. or the band Love Spirals. And if they want to go and buy a particular song, there's a link there that takes you to wherever, whether it's iTunes or eMusic or Rhapsody or Napster or Juno, so you can go actually and buy the song. We don't have a lot of site traffic because with podcasts, a lot of people, you know, iTunes is the elephant in the room. And, you know, like I said, over almost 90% of uh, most podcasts are grabbed by iTunes. When I look at my stats, uh, I'm no different. And so to a lesser extent, Zoom, uh, we've got a couple hundred people who subscribe via email. Um, so those people, if they want to, can go to the website. But you know, if you're downloading it by iTunes, you get the music into your iPod, you listen to it. And unless you physically want to you know, go to our website and to find out more information, it's kind of hard that way. So I'd, I'd like to try to drive more traffic to the website just so people can, you know, if they do buy a song, we get a small, per- you know, it's a small percentage. We get a small commission fee from Amazon, from eMusic or whatnot. And like I said, you know, we're not bringing any money in right now. Be nice to bring a little bit of money in just to cover the basic cost of, of having the show uploaded and to buy my uh, space on my server. Well, you just heard it, folks. If you're listening to this podcast, how do they say it? Throw a little love, Kiefer's way. Throw a little love the way, yes. Yeah, it's we- perfect. Well, I, and I hope that works. And I understand the same. And I have the same issues. Is that you know I've got you know, a thousand people that listen to my podcast, and yet very few of them actually visit the site. So. You should go there. We work hard on our sites, and we'd love a comment or two. I know I would love a comment on uh, iTunes, and I'm sure, Kiefer, you'd appreciate some comments on iTunes as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh, any feedback, you know, I've had a few artists who've um, put comments on the weekly posts, you know, saying they were, I had a guy from Japan who was so excited when I contacted him on MySpace. You know, on MySpace, he had his songs there for free to download, and I said, "Hey, I do a podcast. I really liked your song. Can I use it in my show?" And he came back, and he was really excited. So I think two weeks later, I went back. You know, and I just if I use an artist's song and they're on MySpace or Facebook or whatnot, I like to send them a note saying, "Hey, you know, we I used your song. I use one of your songs in this week's show, and I give them a link to it, so they can go and see that we did use it and how we've linked back to them, how we've linked back to their song." And like this guy in Japan. He's just an independent guy. He makes does music just for himself. He puts it out there for free. And he was so excited that somebody had played one of his songs and he knew it was going like around the world. And he knew that we have, you know, like I told him how many people we have who grabbed the music. So he was excited. Like 2,000 people have listened to my song. He was so excited and so happy. Well, good for you. Well, yeah, and it's amazing how you can make somebody stay that way. And there's, and you know, again, a lot of people like us, they're pretty much doing this for the love of what you do and and uh, your desire to help people. Uh, Kiefer, Cadence Revolution, I appreciate your patience in doing this a second time, and I've enjoyed having you on the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast. Thank you, John. It's been great to be here. And uh, as, as a listener, I, I will remind myself to go and visit your website to take a look at what's going on more often than just simply downloading it and listening to it on my iTunes. That's great. Well, and actually, there's a new link on my site for Jennifer Sage's new book, Keep It Real. It's all about training 
specifically as a cyclist in an indoor cycling class, and it's phenomenal. I know she sold hundreds of copies of it already, and it's not even a week old. So and, I, and I bought one. And you bought one. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, this is just, it's a book that, that hadn't been out there. In the, and, if, and if you're listening to this and you're an instructor, there are people reading this realizing that there are, as Jennifer says, 13 different moves, behaviors, whatever, that don't belong in indoor cycling classes. So you want to get this book to make sure you know what those 13 are so that you're not doing them in your class. From all of us at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have very happy holidays and uh, stay warm and enjoy cycling indoors. Mm -hmm.